Welcome back to Entrust, Equipping Leaders. We're talking about a generation of Christians who recognizes the need to disciple, but maybe hasn't been discipled themselves. Today we pick up where we left off last time, in Spain. With the dream and vision of revival and disciple-making spreading across the Iberian Peninsula and the entire Spanish-speaking world. Because this is our dream, to be a tool for the Spanish church, to how to disciple others and that will also disciple others. And this is where Iberia Project comes. Lori's guests, once again, are Damaris Zafra, Joshua Sanchez, Kelsey Rose, and Sheila Bader. And so there's the reaching people with the gospel, that the evangelism side, and that seems to become becoming more organic and natural in some places, like you said, Kelsey. And then and then beyond evangelism, there comes the ongoing growth, the discipling, the taking people deeper. Um, what is available to young believers now in Spain in that way? I would agree with Tamaris that the church is moving toward disciple-making movements. There's this realization that like the way that we've been doing things doesn't work anymore, just taking care of the Sunday service, making sure that we have our, our Christian events and stuff like that um, isn't working to make true disciples of Jesus. They're able to engage the culture, engage the engage the hearts of the Spanish people. So what like the traditional um, idea maybe that people might have is, oh, if I want to take my Christian faith seriously, then maybe I would need to go to seminary. But since I'm not going to go to seminary, then maybe, maybe I'll just come to terms with the fact that I'll just have a mediocre faith or something like that. Uh, even though there are so many resources available online, anybody who, who goes online with the question or wants to study the Bible, they can find resources online. But that aspect of discipleship, of actually walking with another person is so necessary. But at the same time, um, we're talking about a generation of Christians who recognizes the need to disciple, but maybe hasn't been discipled themselves. So we're trying to figure out on our own kind of what this really looks like in practice and how this translates into our context. Mm -hmm. And this is where Iberia Project comes. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. this is our dream, to be a tool for the Spanish church, to how to disciple others and that will also disciple others. So um, I agree with Kelsey that we are the generation, at least me, that I'm 37 years old, I've never had a discipleship or on one-on-one -on -one or someone who was taking care of me to help me grow. Now I have, and I had some mentors uh, now that I grew up, but in my teenage years or my 20s, I didn't. So I learned kind of falling down and the Lord was merciful. And then, okay, let's start mm -hmm. again. But that's a rise the need in my heart okay that's there's a real need there that's not only about sharing the gospel it's about discipling others and this is why Beria project comes to be a tool to the church uh, that they might use good open questions to make people think by themselves and not just sharing okay those are the ideas it's more like okay let's see together the bible and what's the bible say well, that's what I was hoping to hear more, too, about the Iberia Project. Um, 
Let's back up a little bit because this vision for the Iberia project came to you, Damaris, I guess, in about 2016 when you were in Switzerland. Is that correct? Yeah. Describe how you developed this idea, this vision. And I also would like you to talk about why you're calling it Iberia Project and not the Spain Project. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. um, it was actually it was not only me. We were four of us who dreamt about, okay, we put the desire in front of the Lord and we said, okay, now we have this tool. What do you want us to do with that? And because we were studying at seminary at that time, and in it's seminaries for years <laughs> that needs to take, you know, and it's all about getting um, information. <laughs> and um, but we did this ten days of training in Switzerland, and that changed our whole view of okay, now we have all this information here, but how we share it to others what. Um, what's the process so in trust gave us this tool on okay making that reality uh, to others like how to make good questions and how to share with others what we've been uh, learning and um, we we dreamt to okay this is a tool that will be really good and needed for the Spanish church so we dreamt to translate it to Spanish and offer that into seminaries and different churches in Spain and to have a complete project that will be in Spanish with all the models translated. So that was our dream in 2016. And I became part of Entrust in 2019, because when you put a dream into the Lord, he doesn't forget it. So I was having a kind of quite a year in 2019 and the Lord reminded me about that dream. And, and that made me realize, okay, because he called me with, Matthew, um, the Great Commission, where the Lord says, go and make disciples to all the nations and teach them to obey. So I thought, how shall I do it, Lord? How do I do that? Uh, shall I go to another places or shall I go to Africa? I was just having quite a year and the Lord uh, spoke to me clear. He said, this is what I want you to do. Just start doing it. And... We started in seminary in Barcelona. We offered uh, the first training in Spanish in 2019 um, with one of the ladies that was in Switzerland too. And the dream became truth. So um, we call it Iberia Project because um, we were focusing not only in Spain, but all the Iberia peninsula like also Portugal and um, we were also even dreaming about um, South America. And can we back up and can we tell another story from you Don Reese? I'd love to hear just how you you dreamed of going to Africa to serve mm -hmm. God. That was your initial longing heart's desire and then God changed that. Just describe what how God did that. Yeah, I, I actually always wanted to be black, <laughs> but the Lord made me white and blonde. <laughs> so it was kind of frustrating asking the Lord, why I cannot be black and go to Africa? But he had other plans. And in 2012, I had the opportunity to travel to Canada, Toronto, and I was in an internship there for one year. And I was searching for the will of God for my life to where to spend 
my time and where to go afterwards to serve him and I was just praying for that and one day someone in my devotional time my prayer time someone came with a book that it's called Operation World and then I opened that book and I was having the idea of, of going to Burundi as uh, to serve the Lord over there that um, I opened that book and I opened Spain and I saw that in Spain less than one percent of population is a believer so that completely break broke my heart and I remember that I started crying and the Lord placed a deep love for my own um, country in that specific moment because I up to then I always remember wanting to leave Spain I I was saying, okay, I want to go wherever uh, the Lord calls me, but I don't want to stay in Spain. But in that specific moment, the Lord completely broke my heart and I started just weeping and crying and <laughs> saying, I'm sorry, because now I understand that you made me with a purpose. You made me Spaniard with a purpose. You made me to know the language with a purpose and also the, to know about the culture with a purpose. And I want to use all of that for your glory. And this, then I stayed there the whole year and then I came back to Spain. And since then I'm in Spain. I even married a Catalan. Because <laughs> I, I always thought, you know, I... I can't be black, but I can marry a black man. <laughs> Actually, um, uh, culturally, you are a Catalan. Is that right? You and your husband? Yeah, people from Barcelona, they are called Cat Catalans. So, I mean, we back up to that from Africa to just realizing God has you living in Spain and being a Spaniard for a reason. And then comes this vision about bringing this and trust training and all of you, I'd like to hear more like, what are your thoughts about what this, these entrust modules have that can work or not work to meet the needs in, in Spanish culture? At the beginning of the conversation, Damaris and Joshua pointed out that Spain is a very conversational culture a very relational culture. Uh, Spaniards love to talk. They love to be listened to. So one of the, I think one of the great um, assets that Entrust um, offers to, as a tool for Spanish believers, is the fact that we can go deeper in our faith through conversation. We don't have to leave aside that cultural aspect of our personality to be able to go deeper but we can actually use that aspect of the culture to go deeper. So yeah, I think that that's one of the, one of the aspects of interest that really fits well with Spanish culture. Um, and also questions, um, at least with this younger generation as well, I think there's a big value on questions. And we're talking about a generation that has a lot of information, information overload everywhere they go, whether it's social media, whether it's Google, um, in their universities, there's always a dump of information and very little guidance as to how to navigate all that information. So even that happened, that happens even in church sometimes where we just dump a lot of information on, on believers and don't really guide them through the process of learning to think biblically, learning to think like a Jesus follower. So I believe that the aspect of questions of actually confronting people with their 
with their assumptions, with their motivations, with their beliefs, and actually using that to help them go deeper is also a very uh, helpful tool. I think also the idea of practicing before leaving, like um, you prepare things beforehand, you come, like you read something and you expect like a master class, like someone talking all the time. But then it is this aspect of modeling that we are doing what they will do and that they feel like it's a safe place to practice and that they can uh, be well prepared before doing it in other spaces so i think that's one of the most key points of entrust trainings that you live thinking okay now i'm sure and i'm ready to do it by myself with others what is it what do you leave thinking you can do to um, how to facilitate small groups how to facilitate learning how to make good open questions that will make the others think and how to really go deep into scripture with observation interpretation application questions so um it's a very rich um, training that allows people to okay it's not only about making good questions but it's about um knowing how to share with others and they will be able to share it with others and yeah i don't know just practicing there it makes feel like safe environment that people feel okay now i'm ready to move on and to do it with others i'm going to share the story that you told me about the gal that was at your training on saturday that came up to you and said oh now i can use this with my family mm -hmm. yeah with i i did a workshop on saturday in my church and i didn't have a lot of time i only had an hour and a half and i thought what's the most important things <laughs> and a good thing is open questions because we think we know how to do open questions but then when doing trust training we realize we didn't <laughs> so i tried to do a highlight on, on that and at the end of the training a woman came and said thank you because I just realized that I was doing a lot of closed-ended questions to my kids when they come out from school. And now I will think before making a question to them and I will make a good open question to really see what they had been through the whole day. So I thought that was interesting. I would also add that interest is really helpful for Spanish believers because it gives them a tool to disciple as they are. They might not have a lot of biblical or theological backgrounds, but I believe that the training that Entrust offers empowers them to use what little they do know to be able to disciple others. So it kind of breaks down this mental barrier that, no, I can't disciple somebody because I don't know enough. But instead, it brings them to that point of, okay, we'll learn together. Uh, I don't have to know everything to be able to disciple somebody. I don't have to have gone to seminary to be able to disciple somebody. But even mm -hmm. as long as I have my Bible and as long as I have willingness and and depending on the Holy Spirit, then with the training that I've received, we can we can go forward and I can disciple others. Maybe. Well, also helps the the that we emphasize in being a servant leader. I mean, the the servant leadership. So people here, they reject uh, the to be controlled. 
I mean, I have my life, you have your life, you don't have uh, you any kind of um, authority to uh, know each detail uh, about my life or about what I do in my um, in my life. So when you encourage people to be servants instead of to be um, uh, like more, I don't know, uh, ¿Cómo se dice por encima de los demás? Yes, uh, we encourage people to be to be um, servant and not to to control people to control the their disciples. Um, you're more well. We find, or at least I find, that people are more open to be discipled, and you can disciple people better. I mean, we're at the the at the same at the same point, maybe not at the same stage of life, but we're trying to learn how to follow Jesus. I'm not your um, an expert in Christian life. We're walking together. So it's a, it's a very great point here, at least in, in Spanish church, to know that we are equals. You're not better than me. You're mm -hmm. I'm not worse than you. I, I think... What just uh, uh, just two words that I think that makes <laughs> um, vulnerability is mm -hmm. one of the trainings and also humility that the, the leaders or the the ones who are training others are not above the rest. So, you know they are, but they are with the group, being able to share their own experiences. Also, sometimes to be open and say, "Oh, that's a good thing that I didn't thought about," and being just one more of the group because this is um, teaching by example and not by saying you should do that, but showing how to do it. And I think all the trust training is focused on that. It's like, I'm going to show you how to be vulnerable. I'm going to show you how to be humble. I'm going to show you how to facilitate learning with others. And it's not about me saying you have to do it. It's just me being in that spot that they will see that I am doing it. So I think that's what makes the difference in those kind of trainings. So what is the status of the Iberia project now? I mean, the vision is there, the dream is there. And I think, Damaris, you're gaining a team. Um, in some ways, Joshua and Kelsey and maybe Ari too. And what are you all doing? Or what's what where where is the what's happening now and what's the ongoing vision? Um, We're being part of a revival here in Spain. And you Joshua. <laughs> then there is you can continue. Can you repeat that, Joshua, please? That we're being part of a revival here in Spain. So. Amen. <laughs> this is our dream. <laughs> to be part, we are part of that, but we also dream to not only share the gospel, but how to train others to make disciples that will disciple others. So what we're doing is trying to offer and trust trainings to the Spanish church. So we started in Barcelona, Madrid, and Malaga, that are key cities of the country, but we're dreaming to go all over Spain. We're dreaming to go to uh, east, north, west, and south. So that's our dream, and we're working to achieve that. 
uh, with workshops, trainings, and a lot of prayer. <laughs> what roles do you play, Joshua and Kelsey, in that? Right now, I am mainly in a support role. <laughs> so uh, whatever whatever I can do here in Malaga, mainly, where I live, um, I like to get involved and do that. Right now, I am doing some follow-up with the people who came to the training in August that we did. And Joshua and Damaris were both here. And it was a really fun training because we had four generations of Entrust disciples there um, represented. So it was very fun. But in the last few weeks since then, well, part of my role, for example, has been walking with these people, meeting with them again, asking them what they need, how how they're planning on putting this into into practice and help continue to give them tools and guidance to be able to continue to disciple others. And just when you say four generations of entrust disciples, what exactly does that mean? So we had Damaris, who was trained in Switzerland, and then Damaris trained Joshua. And then last December, when I did the entrust training, Joshua trained me. And then I was also participating in the training. So now I was discipling the Malaganians that were there at the training. So Joshua and actually uh, Sheila as well, what are your roles in the ongoing Iberian vision? My role is just to grab onto their coattails and hang on. <laughs> um, because the the ship is sailing or the plane is flying. And as you can see, it's... Um, God is just doing some great things. So um, honestly, I am, you know, an international director for equipping women, but this is equipping women and men in Spain. So I would say my role is mostly just to um, support, uh, especially Damaris and just making sure she's doing well personally and, um, to help with strategic planning, help, you know, do look at uh, Oviedo and Zaragoza and um, Granada and all those other cities. Uh, in fact, it's so funny because the whole time we've been in this conversation, I keep thinking of when I was um, in my mid 20s and was serving in Madrid, I went to visit uh, a pastor in Oviedo, which is in the northwest corner of Spain, and he had a ministry of puppets. He did puppets in like uh, plazas where people, you know, were always traveling. And um, then we would hand out an invitation to a Bible correspondence course uh, to people who came to see the puppet shows. So I was standing on a street corner at in rush hour traffic, uh, handing out these uh invitations to bible studies and i had these this little old lady dressed completely in black which is very was very common in those days um and she came up to me and there were people everywhere all around me and she said eres del diablo which means you are from the devil and people started like you know uh taking space away from like you know moving away from me like <gasps> and and now this this is just such a cool um another season of life for the gospel in Spain where you know people are open to the gospel and we have a tool we have lots of tools and we have young people who are uh engaged so it's 
just it's it's kind of a full circle, just an incredible privilege and joy for me to see what God is doing and to have a very small part. Actually, if we are where we are today, it's because Sheila is a great mentor. And Joshua, what what part are you playing? Well, my main role maybe is to help Damaris to keep her awake when we are traveling. So, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you we, for doing we, that, Joshua. <laughs> we do so long trips, but well, uh, sometimes I fall asleep first, so. <laughs> It's not in my, and then when in my free times, I, I help with um, uh, facilitating uh, lessons and things like that. Maybe as Kelsey served here with with the work that, that he's hanging on her hands. So that it's a lot of work. So we're, we're helping in, in this. You know, these young Spanish Christians, they have got it. I recently heard someone talking about the evangelical church in America and how sometimes we focus more on programs than people and we haven't really discipled people. Damaris and her team see that. Next time, we'll hear a little bit more about what kind of training most pastors have available to them now in Spain and what Damaris and Kelsey and Joshua are working toward. The church is everyone, right? Everyone who's a believer and believes in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. So we are church here also. So how we can train them to become disciples who disciple others. That's next time, right here on Entrust Equipping Leaders. Mm-hmm.